because there are three flavours of woman, right? Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. It is episode 65. I am Brendan Caldwell. I'm here with my co-host Alice Bale. Hello. And another co-host this week. It's Alec Mir. Hello. I'm still alive after all. He's been gone for so long. Yeah, but uh, but you know he had he's he's got a baby. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Seem to work. That's why, that's why you've been gone. Yeah, there is a new uh, screaming life form in my house. Uh, I yeah. thought you just didn't fancy games journalism anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get into that. <laughs> it's cool. You come back at a good time. You come back uh, in at the end of the year when we all have so much things, so many things to do. Uh which is giving us the theme for this week's podcast, which is the, I don't know what we're calling it, the November Flood, the end of year deluge. Yeah. The onslaught. <laughs> the Christmas onslaught. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Doctor Who episode. We're talking about... The flood of games that we uh, have got in November, and we're going to, what we're going to try and do is we're going to try and get through as many of the games as we can in this hour, and we're going to just talk to them, talk about them, like, as if we're machine gunning every game that came out this month. Okay. Uh What's inevitably going to happen is we're going into this thinking, oh, we've got so many games to talk about. How can we possibly do this? We're going to rattle through them in five minutes and have nothing else left to talk about. If we get through them all, we'll just talk about what we've been playing and what we actually like rather than talking about... Let me check my notes here. Underworld Ascendant. (laughs) Um, All right, you guys ready? (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's go. First, we are going to talk about Hitman 2. I want someone here to tell me what Hitman 2 is. What it is, as in... Tell the, me what it is. ...the nature of its game. Well, it's you are a um, a murdery bald guy, uh, but he can't just murder anyone. He has to murder specific people in ideally a very stealthy way. Involving... That's enough. Okay. That's fine. grand. You've, got, um, you've covered it. <laughs> I, I thought it was about the world's unluckiest minimum wage service worker who just every job he gets... His customers die. <laughs> Could be. Uh, one of our writers, one of our freelancers, Nick, wrote a, an article which was about Hitman being uh, essentially a game about killing your boss because you're always killing up 
you're always dressed as a waiter or a cleaner or a cook and you're always killing a banker or a you know a pharmacy boss or something yeah that's true and always the the pattern of you have to get a more and more elite uniform as it as it goes on like there's the standard guard then there's the the janitor then there's the elite guard or the specific bodyguard to get closer and closer to the guy you got to take out mm. oh. so uh, which among us who among us has played hitman 2 i have quite a lot have you I Alice? played a teeny bit is it any good uh, I really, really loved it um, in a way that uh, this is a useless thing for a games critic to say. In a way that's really hard to define about why it felt so much better than Hitman, Hitman One, which was last year. This is so because there's, you know, obviously an original Hitman, an original Hitman Two. So I'll call this one Hitman Two Two for the sake of argument. That's not at all confusing. <laughs> and last year's one is Hitman One Two. Uh, yeah, and it's. It's functionally the same thing. Yeah, even the menus are the same. It was clearly designed originally to be season two. I think that's what um, the developers IO had planned before. Um, was it with Square Enix suddenly kind of announced they were cancelling it, and then they so they bought their own rights, and then they ended up publishing with Warner or something. And I think yeah, it's not a stretch of the imagination to say it was originally going to be like a continuation of like more stuff for the structure they've made, but instead it's been. That's, an, that's enough, thing. Alec. You're out of time. We have many games to cover. Sorry, I, I haven't been yes. on a podcast for I, so long. I'm just overflowing I, with useless information. I asked you to if share. it was good. You just have to say yes because it's it's really good. The maps are magnificent and intricate and characterful and um, just packed with different ways to approach them. Alice, do you concur? Brandy's really cracking it. Yes. Move on. <laughs> Sorry. Right, cool. Moving on. <laughs> We're moving on. All right. Next on the list, we've got Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden, which is a six word game title. It's, so, it's burnt up loads of its time already yeah, just yeah. by the title. Uh, I haven't, I've only played a little bit of this, but I think you both have played more. Yeah, I, I did the Gamescom demo, uh, but Alec did the, the full review. Alice, what is this game? Uh, it is sort of because uh, like the easiest comparison is XCOM, but it's kind of not XCOM. But it's like it's it's sort of open world, but not really until you get into combat, and then it's turn based, sort of like XCOM with like the cover and half cover and stuff. And you are a big pig and a big duck, and you have nice hats. <laughs> Who's the best animal in Mutant Year Zero? I think the duck, because yeah. he's got he's got good he's a good shooter he's like a sniper duck but he's got like a silent crossbow so that's really good for um like when you're trying to be stealthy and pick off baddies to avoid combat and also he's got wings but they're like bat wings rather than moth <laughs> like rather than duck wings it's very weird. Ooh. <laughs> um, also, whoever's whoever's let's... acting for the pig, you know, the voice is fine, but you can you can literally hear when he gets to a page turn in the script, and there's weird pauses throughout it. So that makes him makes me like him a bit less than the duck. <laughs> um, Alec, let's try this again. Mutant Year Zero, is it any good? Yes. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Alice, Mutant Year Zero, is it any good? Yes. It got Sweet. a bestest best. 
It got a best as best it did. So it's very good. I'm still I, playing it post review for, for, for what it's worth. That is worth a lot. I played a tiny preview at a, a games event and I found it too hard and I came out and went, it was too hard. So that's what I think. Uh, that's because you were getting the real-time bit of it wrong before you got into the turn base. You need to I set think... things up in real-time before you activate a fight. Otherwise, you're absolutely screwed. I think I absolutely did mess it up, yeah. Uh, okay, next on the list is Artifact, the card game from Valve. Have either of you played it? Nope. Nope. Okay. Then we I'm are the say, zeitgeist. Uh, I'm going to say it's very, very difficult. And it hurts your brain to play. <laughs> and if you like Dota 2, and if you like card games, you will like this game. But if you dislike even one of those things, you probably won't like this game. <laughs> so is it the Dota 2 to Hearthstone's League of Legends? Is that an apt way of describing it? No, it is the Dota 2 to every other card game. <laughs> you know the way Dota 2 is really, really hard to get into? Hmm. All the and you lad- know the way... Sorry. Sorry, go on. Well, the lads in the office are playing it now. Like, everyone on guides and Matt is in the office now and he's been playing it all week and they all really like it. And every time I turn around, they're all talking to each other about Artifact and not doing work and then I get to shout at them and tell them to get back to work. <laughs> See, this is the kind of office bants that we miss out on when we work remotely. Yeah, you miss Matt smashing his entire PC. Well, <laughs> one side of it. It was great. Uh, the, li- the listeners may, may need to know more about why Matt so, smashed his PC. So Matt, I mean, I'll be honest, for all week I was like, he's got his tower on a weird angle. He just had, it wasn't straight under his desk. Um, and so he forgot he had his headphones in and he wheeled over to talk to someone else on the other side of the, the desks. Uh, but his headphones, because of the weird angle of his tower, pulled the tower over. And it turned out one entire side of his, his tower was safety glass <laughs> and it just smashed on the floor <laughs> and, then, and then we didn't know what to do the pc still works it's got bits of glass in it but it still works um we didn't know what, what to was... do so we had to get graham because graham's like our dad and then graham <laughs> graham went to get like something to clean it up with but this entire three floor office doesn't have a dustpan and brush so he just came back with a bucket and then we had to pick up shards of glass <laughs> Contravening health and safety, and that with your bare just, hands. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, I've got a splinter in one of my fingers, and, um, and then we just had a big bucket of bits of glass. Was he wheeling over to someone to talk to them about an artifact card? He was, yeah. All right, well there you go. Artifact causes broken computers, actually breaks your computer. Yeah. So don't probably don't buy artifact. How about that? There you go. All right. Um, next on the list is Darksiders Three. Uh, I believe you've played this, Alec. Uh, yeah. Is what what's Darksiders three? Can you can you explain it to someone who has never played a Darksiders game? Uh, well, funnily enough, I've got very little experience with the first two. I kind of know what they are, but this one specifically because they're all a little bit different is third person action. Uh, it's all sort of demonic, post apocalyptic 
Elliptic-y. Uh, it's got lots of combos, but it's also got a little bit of Dark Souls in terms of if you die, everything sort of resets. It's not quite as punishing. Um, but yeah, it's trying to ride the line between being like brain dead um, hack and slash and, and Dark Souls-y tactical challenge. Tactical? Strategic? I don't know. One of those words. Who are you? Who do you play? You play Fury, who is uh, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and she's got uh, whips and chains and stuff like that. Weird. Weird. Fury's not one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Is she war equivalent? Or is there a war Uh, as well? No, there is war. Um, I can't remember what the others are called, but it's got its own horsemen, and they're kind of good guys, or not. Like, it's the, the... the introductory cutscene, which tried to summarise the previous games and make me interested in the uh, in the plot of this new one, was was unbearable. It was the first thing I did after coming back to work after three months. Old. <laughs> Dear God, I almost quit. It was like, what am I doing with video games? This is the worst thing. Um, so yeah, I I tuned out quite a bit, but yeah, it's the wrong apocalypse. They want it to be the right apocalypse. Something, but you know, you hit you hit a lot of stuff. You stab a lot of stuff. Is it any good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's enough. That's fine. Um, next on the list, it's a big one. It's Fallout seventy six. Yeah, I played a teeny bit of it. Um, what do you reckon? Eh, eh, it's fine. Uh, it's... We can't just say it all day. Well, well, the problem is the person that we got to review it just hasn't, so we're having to source someone else to do a review. That's a bit inside baseball, but basically, so oh, they no. just didn't do it. Um, uh, but it I played wasn't a bit me, of it. was it? I can't remember anything because of the sleep deprivation. <laughs> Can I convince you that it was, and then force you no. to play? No. Okay. <laughs> um, it it seems fine, but it's also like you know whatever. I mean, it turns out that if you play it, you will you know uh, probably get all your information leaked or whatever. Um, <laughs> that happened today. Uh, that people have started hardcore RPing as as the NPCs. Uh, because there aren't any, so people are forming up and pretending to be the Brotherhood of Steel and stuff, so that there are NPCs, sort of, in the game. Um, that's uh, awesome, though. I mean, they, yeah, that's really cool. Um, well, the owner should not be on the player's shoulders. It's great that you know they're they're making a fist of it and they've worked out how to put life into this dead place. Yeah, yeah. But I loads should, of I should like... cla- I sh- sorry, I should clarify that if you play it, you probably won't get your things leaked. But if you complain about not getting the canvas bag that you pre-ordered, you might get your things leaked. Oh yeah, that's that was what it. Happened. Yeah, it's like if you submitted a ticket between certain hours last night. Was that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just had like a little little legal monkey in the back <laughs> of my head going, "Don't let her get away with that, Brendan." <laughs> um, but it did, like a lot of the cool stuff that players are doing seems to be because the game itself has not had them implemented properly. So like. Uh, the trading system in the game is really bad, so players have just started like throwing stuff on the ground at each other's feet, um, and now a load of trading is happening like outside of the game in Discord servers and stuff. Um, That's cool. People are setting up like their own radio transmissions and stuff. Um, uh, there's a cult of the Mothman, but the problem is you can't select servers for RPing, so like you can't you can't choose the server you went but anyway it's it's, a, it's kind of a mess <laughs> I'll, bet, um, I'll bet the more casual type of fallout fan of all people is not totally down with people being yeah yeah and when i played it because there isn't push to talk so it's it's a proximity thing 
if you're near another player, you can just hear their mic. So the literally the first thing I heard uh, in the game was someone's child crying. Uh, and then uh, followed by... Oh, maybe it was me doing the review. Maybe it was! <laughs> uh, and then the next thing was someone else being racist. Just mm. just out loud, yeah. generally. Yep, so that was good. Video games online. Hooray! So is any good? Meh. Uh, we do have... We don't have a review yet, as you said, for other reasons. But... Uh, We've had we've been following it in the news and stuff. Matt wrote a story about uh, an unkillable person in the game. It uh, a player had their game bugged and they became unkillable, uh, and they had to beg Bethesda for death. Basically, <laughs> um, I'm still not it's still not clear if that's been resolved or not. But they said, yeah, I'll link to this story. But they said, my character is currently unkillable. And I mean, really unkillable. She can eat a nuke blast to the face and be fine. <laughs> there is literally zero ways that she can die, even yeah. if I wanted her to, in parenthesis, which I very much do at this point. <laughs> <laughs> So there are some bugs in the game. Watch out for that if you're getting Fallout 76 this holiday season. Um, shall we move on? I suspect the best thing about Fallout 76 is going to be the long read from Jason on Kotaku or Simon Parkin on Eurogamer next year about what the hell went wrong with 76, Fallout 76. Mm. Yeah, that'll be good. Farming Simulator 19. What is the crack? Uh, I assume you simulate being a farmer with 19 farms and it becomes like a a terrible kind of story of of, uh, not having enough time and getting sleep deprived and uh, getting into terrible debt. Um, Mad skill, no plow, 360 degree crop rotation. Uh, yeah, let me just share my notes. You're both right. That is exactly Hooray! what it is. Uh, we don't have a review of Farming Simulator 19, and we haven't been covering it very much. So, unfortunately, we can't speak too knowledgeably about that. But I'm pretty sure what you guys have just said is is true. It checks out. Well, Alec, you're really into the truck ones, right? Yeah, but that's because it's... It's not that I'm into vehicular sim- simulators. It's like the specific journey element of the truck one works. The farm ones don't really work for me because it's it's more like doing admin, lots of small, shorter tasks, and like I've, I've got enough of that in my house. I've got to do, to be honest. So I I get it. I get why it appeals, but farming simulator isn't isn't my jam really. That's fair. What about X Four Foundations? Is that your jam? In another life, I don't, I don't, I can't really make it fit at the moment. But um, I mean, I like to just noodle in 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 space sim. So, Elite Dangerous, I got a bit out of for a while, just just noodling in space and looking at rocks. But uh, once it all gets a bit intense and piratey and stuff like that, I don't want to know. I don't know where X Four falls into that, to be honest. Um, I play so, it. what you really want is like a, a noodle noodling in space simulator. Yeah, I want American sport. International Space Simulator. Like, like trucking, but 
across the galaxy. Space. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be amazing. Have you ever played an X game, Alice? No. Although I agree with John that because this is the fourth fourth one, they should have called it X four four X. Ah, but if it that would only work if it was like a big strategy game, no. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was quite good. Pff, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> Getting grief over the other people's jokes now. We do. We do have a review in progress, I believe. Mm. Um. So there will be something about that at some point. Um. Red Dead Redemption. Anyone? <laughs> it's not on PC. I know. In my notes, I've just got what next. <laughs> I play. I mentioned this in a supporter post about the stuff I tried to play with a baby um, during my sabbatical, and that one did not fit. Like I admire that it's so slow paced and treacly and soporific, but I genuinely fell asleep um, with the controller in my hand twice. You know, maybe in ten years I'll go back to it, but I couldn't make it fit. I admire what it does, but wow. <laughs> I haven't played it for like three weeks mm. I, I just I got very bored yeah I'm the same I it's think sort of I... amazing it comes from Rockstar of all people though if you compare it to GTA 5 and how much it capers for your attention in these often quite ugly ways and this this is the opposite even though so much is shared I do admire that but it, you know it, they're trying to be something Something very different, something more. I adult. don't feel like I don't feel like it doesn't surprise me that it comes from Rockstar at all, because it's a big, beautiful, gorgeous world and then the actual game part of it is not that good. <laughs> like the GTAs are always they just always have a bit of an annoying shooting thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um and every mission is just rock up somewhere, shoot people, get out listen to the chatter on the way there and on the way back. And this is that, but 10 times slower. But on horses. <laughs> yeah. I've lost my horse. So. That's why I didn't go back. <laughs> I left my horse somewhere and he's too far away. to. So maybe, I, I don't know, I think I'll have to buy something extra at my camp to get him to... I resented the fact that I had to pay to get a map. You know? Not like real <laughs> money, obviously, but I had to... to... <laughs> go treasure hunting in the game to be able to afford to get a map to fast travel. And in even then, fast travel only in one direction. There's also yeah. this thing in Rockstar games like time until prostitutes. And, you know, I know there were obviously brothels in the in the Old West, but, you know, they, they dropped the prostitutes on me pretty quickly in that. And I was like, oh. But they turned... have this rural escapist fantasy, but like mission three is prostitutes. Come on! I feel like they really toned down the sex work angle, though. I'm sure they did it's... later on. It's just like, couldn't I have had a bit more of a run up before this? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, not on PC. Is it any good? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> In some respects, yes. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, right, what's next? Just Cause 4. Just Cause 4. Uh, no, none I don't of think... us have played this yet. Yeah, none of us have played it, but John says it's really buggy and and a lot of other reviewers really like it. It's very, it's a, it's a divisive game. 
Let's try and find the most outraged phrase from John's review and uh, and read that out just to give a sense of how much it I, disappointed I, him. I've got one. I've got one. Um, it's not a pithy, like it's not uh, a short sentence, but he says, Just causes have been buggy, sure, but they've never felt at least six months from finished. Ooh. I cannot fathom how this was length how this wasn't lengthily delayed because it's in such a dismal state. Um, so he says, even if it even if the bugs in AI had been fixed, it would still leave behind a version of Just Cause that barely changes anything since the third edition. So, yeah. uh. Could be. It looked really fun from the like demos that I was getting shown back in E3. Uh, so I I want to play it to see if the bugs annoy me as much mm-hmm. as they have annoyed John. Because for me, I'd feel like in a game like this, the bugs might be half the charm. Yeah. Well, there's his sniper rifle anecdote, which you could read as kind of outlandish comedy instead of really annoying like like the time I found a sniper assassination task on the map that didn't sw- spawn a sniper rifle yet had Rico loudly declare to one of the half dozen nobodies that make up his mostly invisible gang of friends I found the sniper rifle so I just mowed down the targets with a machine gun and it congratulated on my stealthy assassinating sniper ways <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I'd be laughing my bum off if that happened to he's, me uh, he's also done a um, uh, a video uh with the showing some of the bugs he encountered. My favourite is the way that boats spawn in when you're on the sea and they just kind of breach the, the surface like a, yeah, a whale. Kind of, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's really... I couldn't figure out what was happening in that clip at first. I was like, are, are they... Living boats. Uh, what are they? Like, I couldn't. I didn't know if they were like a beluga wheel that had like suddenly appeared or a, a submarine or something. But yeah, they are the enemy boats just kind of emerge from the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. Uh, so just for just cause four, is it any good? Mm, probably not that good, but probably also you might be able to overlook the bugs that annoyed John. I don't know. Depends on your tolerance, right? It'd be interesting to see what you where it is in six months. Mm. Both in terms of opinions on it, of people sort of learn to live with this stuff and and whatever's been patched. Yep. Uh the quiet man <laughs> alice you have played oh, the quiet man yeah uh yeah what what is that so the quiet man thinks it's really meaningful and important but it, it's bad on many levels uh basically you play a deaf character who um his mum died in front of him when he was a child uh, and uh, he now is a hired thug for his friend uh, and there's a whole thing with like a woman that it's unclear if he fancies her or if he because she, she looks exactly like his mum and it's the line is made very clear that like between this woman and his mum but there's also kind of a flirty thing going on. I don't know. Anyway, she gets kidnapped. And the game is basically you as this deaf character just punching a lot of people until they fall over, but with no sound. It is like part FMV, part... It's part like real footage of yeah. people and actors, live action, and then part 
punching third person action. Yeah, and the punching is is real bad. Uh, you you glitch across across the route, but basically, like if you punch in the direction of someone and you're too far away, about half the time the game will just zoom you over to the person so it connects. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, no sound. It has like the live action scenes uh, are all without sound as well, but they've also released a version that has sound. But like I have recommended that people don't play that because there's no way that the version with sound is like less offensive than the, the version without. Um, it, it, it's, there is that you, you play like a white deaf guy uh, and... Uh, um, uh, one odd gamer girl did a review of it um, from the point of view of, of a deaf player and she was like there's so much wrong with it like it's it's terrible um, but also like all the characters that you punch pretty much are either members of, uh, of a Latina gang uh, or are black <laughs> like every every person of colour in the game you hit <laughs> there is so it is it is a game that aimed to be real woke, but then aimed, but then turned out not good. It's it turns out real broke, yeah. And nice. uh, like the gang in it are called like the Savages, I think, and so and it's just like it, at points it's so bad it's funny, and there's a bit where you sort of become a bit magic or something. I don't know. It's very weird. <laughs> so the Quiet Man isn't any good. No. Good lord, no. <laughs> Conclusive no on that one. Um, what have we got here? Battlefield Five. Have any of us played this no. War Two simulator? No, afraid not. I've installed it. Does that come in? Does that count? Uh, what is the installation like? Pretty slick, actually. Swift, yeah? yeah. No performance issues. I think Origin does that thing where you can play it before it's all uh, all finished installed. That's that's quite good. If I actually wanted to play it, that that would have been amazing, I'm sure. Does the meter as it as it installs, does that meter kind of um glaze over like quite nicely, like to show you that it's still moving? Uh I don't remember that. Uh it did make me a cappuccino. That was pretty good. Cappuccino and a bagel. Sweet. Okay, cool. Um, Battlefield 5 worth installing <laughs> uh, let's move on um, sorry if you, re- if you really want to know what Battlefield 5 is like you can read Matt's review which I'll link to he said that if you want an analogy for playing soldiers in Battlefield 5 croutons adrift in war soup <laughs> is that good or bad I he like said, croutons that soup, is, that soup is delicious but it's also very easy to drown in no so I think he says it's like the the best version of Battlefield there has been, but it's also if you've played a lot of Battlefield, you'll have Battlefield fatigue by now. Yeah, I feel that. No, I know Matt's quite young, but is he so small that he is often at risk at drowning in soup if he, if if he has soup? Is that it? <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Um. Football Manager 2019. Have any of us played this? No. God damn. Adam! Um, Yeah, Adam left us and now we do have a review of it online though, uh, which I will pull a quote from from one of our freelancers that says, uh, Football Manager 2019 offering 
offers the best experience the series has yet to provide thanks to intelligent subtle changes in its form rather than content. There you go. So, probably good if you like Football Manager. Right. I really like Football Manager, actually. I'm not a football person, but whenever I play it, normally for a work thing, I just, just lose myself to it. It's a very well, well-observed strategy game. Is Football cool. Manager the one that put Brexit in? Yes. <laughs> Sweet. All right, next. Um, Bad North. Oh, yeah. I played that. Is it good? What is it? Uh, so Bad North is a little strategy game in uh, the the most literal sense of the word because you play as a group of tiny, tiny, wee little soldiers um, and you marshal different squads of them around on little uh, geometric islands. They're sort of a square... They've got a square or, or rectangle footprint and um, you have to uh, defend the island and the buildings on it from invading Vikings who turn up on longboats. And it's very ah uh, the little the little little dudes are so so sweet. I would like they're just so cute. They look like they they make little foot noises when they run around. You can hear the little feet, and they mm-hmm. kind of go hop, hop, hop. and and uh, you can have swordmen uh, or archers or pikemen, and they do different things. So you have to be that's where the kind of strategy comes in. Uh, and the, Would you the say Vikings. these soldiers were like croutons adrift in, in war soup? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And these ones are small enough to be croutons. Oh. <laughs> uh, and the yeah, Vikings can I... come from any direction so that you have to sort of think on your feet a bit. I've played a little bit of it as well on the Nintendo Switch. Um, and it is like having a tiny war in, on, in a diorama. Yeah. It's really it, nice. This sounds really nice. Cute. I need to seek this one out. Mm. it's a little I found it like because it's a lot of it is pre, sort of procedural because the the islands are sort of kind of generated randomly and stuff when you when you start a new game uh, and I found it needed maybe a bit more um, control of the procedural maybe because the, the first two thirds of it are really easy and then the last third is really hard and, and the first two thirds can get quite boring but um, the little men are lovely, and uh, I, yeah, it's a it's a nice game. Cool. All right. So, is it any good? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Underworld Ascendant. So this is apparently very bad, right? Mm. <laughs> yes. Which is a great shame. I would have liked to have played a a new uh, Underworld. Not not Ultima Underworld game, but it's kind of a relief that it's one I can scratch off the list. But it's a shame it's not good. Yeah, I played a bit of uh, a build shortly before I came out at an event, and it was just kind of not fun. There didn't seem to be any purpose to what you're doing. You're basically in a dungeon, uh, and you have to try and get from one end of the dungeon to another. It's a first-person kind of fantasy thing. You can be a warrior with a sword and fight skeletons with that, or you can cast spells on them. But you're supposed to use your environment and different things around you in a very like immersive, simmy way, like setting the floor on fire or dropping things from a high point so that they land on people, moving boxes with your strength and stuff like that. Um, but it just didn't 
there just wasn't anything to it. It was just like a dungeon, and it was like one. It was like a tech demo level that that I was playing. I mean, essentially they were showing me a demo, but it was not. Didn't feel like a game. Hmm. Um, Did you feel uh, like it was a design screw up or kind of eyes bigger than stomach in terms of Kickstarter funding thing? Didn't feel like an eyes bigger than stomach thing. It felt like a, there was no game here to begin with kind of thing. Like nobody said, wow. okay, what are you... What are, right, okay, we're going into a dungeon to fight skeletons, but why and <laughs> what are we moving towards and what's, you know... Uh, like where is the game part of this like where is there's no it just felt really really i don't know it's like it it was like a kind of wraith game you know it was formless <laughs> um john it played very... it uh i've he could, looked at because yeah. he didn't write a review in the end he he wrote a feature called this is not a review of the wholly unfinished underworld ascendant he said, uh, having poked around at the earlier stages of Underworld Ascendant, I've reached the conclusion that it's just not in a fit state to be released, and as such, not in a fit state to be reviewed, uh, and that it feels like it needs at least another two years before it's close to ready. Sounds like a review to me. I mean, yeah, you've picked a very polite part of his review. I've got a line saying it is a colossally clumsy mess of bad shit physics and nonsensical storytelling. Have um, <laughs> Have the developers kind of broken cover to apologize try and make amends or anything or should we know. look into that if not maybe i think we we sort of are poking around um it's yeah i i um he john quotes uh a recent update at the time in response to like some of the problems like the saving uh because you can't save properly uh, and they're sort of trying to kind of uh like it sounded like they were trying to say that you know it's a feature not a bug kind of thing like <laughs> like it's supposed to be a hard game but actually yeah. it's just they just haven't done the saving feature correctly yeah yeah it, so there's that is it any good no no uh grip have any of you played grip nope that's no. a car's one, isn't it? Car what goes it, fast thing. It is a car what goes very, very, very fast. It's if any of you played Roll Cage back in the PlayStation One era. A little bit, yeah. It it is that you're the you play you play as one of those cars. The protagonist is a car who um Ian is Carr. One of, Ian Carr, who's one of those uh flip cars that you can get from all good toy shops. Uh, that drives when it flips over so it can go in either direction, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, you just race and shoot people with missiles when you're doing that. I played it uh, a couple of years ago, maybe, for uh, our early access reviews, and it was fun then. So I don't see how it couldn't be fun now. Because it go. just released out out of early access so i'm gonna say yeah if you liked roll cage if you want a bit of roll cage back in your life grip cool um battletech flashpoint oh that's me uh, again isn't it yes am i allowed more than one word 
you can yeah you can take a good few words on this because we're actually getting to the end of the list here and uh we've still got 20 minutes of podcast life i so. told you this was happening didn't i tell you <sighs> you did i want to go back and say more about hitman now no no it's, um yeah battletech flashpoint is the first dlc for battletech which is a turn-based strategy game with big stompy mechs in um and i like it it's a very good update in terms of what it does mechanically basically it gives you a reason to keep on playing instead of just doing like standalone skirmish missions or just sort of grinding away post post storyline um it does lots of like short stories and also becomes a bit more uh endurance test because you can't sort of re-up between missions so um it's more challenging the the shorter stories have a lot more impact than the very very long weirdly pro monarchist uh <laughs> plot in the in, in the main game and it adds in a few new new toys it's good it means now if i load up battletech i can have like an evening of doing some battletech stuff that has a satisfying end without just being well that was that or i haven't got anywhere near the end so uh, i'm happy with that but uh they could do with putting a bit more like vibrancy into the world you go to they all just look like somewhere in winter <laughs> This is one of the things that I I still haven't played Battletech, but I really want to. But it's one of the things that put me off it a bit is that it looks like a really serious world. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you you kind of stop noticing, and you <laughs> you stop noticing what everything looks like because you're just thinking about how you know which arm you're going to shoot off first, like the maths of it. So if I sit back and when I'm writing about it, it's like yeah, there's a lot more it could be doing aesthetically and tonally to make me excited but actually all I care about is uh, is shooting arms and knees, knees off giant arms, giant robot arms giant robot knees how many robot arms out of five uh, are we doing that? are we actually doing scores? Okay. Uh, I'd, say four. <laughs> I'd say four arms out of a possible five you don't need arms. to answer numerically either if you don't want to okay uh, I score it arm. <laughs> nice. Uh, Steel Rats is a motorcycle game. Have any of you played it? Uh, no. I believe the review said it's fine. <laughs> yes. The review by Ian Boudreaux said uh, in a game about <laughs> in a game that's about riding motorcycles not much feels very motorcycly. Uh, he said there were moments of pure fun, like escaping from the docks as a robot-controlled ship, or as a ro- robot-controlled ship ripped up everything behind me. Uh, but there was just as many infuriating controller-tossing moments. So, maybe a bit good, maybe a bit bad. You, you know, knows? one or the other. Have you ever been on a motorbike? I've been on a quad. Quite, on the back. It's quite scary. I've clung on to my girlfriend's waist in fear as she drove us on a quad through uh, the roads of Costa Rica. <laughs> that was enlightening. Burnt my leg on a motorbike so exhaust pipe once. That's my motorbike story. Have you been on a motorbike, Alice? 
Yes, uh, um, a bunch of my Are friends. You're on a motorbike right now. Right now, yeah. That's why I, t- I had so many tech issues before recording today. What's um, it like? It's scary. They because they go over really far when you go a corner. They they lean over really really far, and uh, my friend the first time I got on one, he was like, "You're gonna want to lean away from the corner." Because you go over really far, but if you do that, we will fall over. <laughs> so just, just don't move. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So play steel rats if you don't want to experience that. I don't know. Uh, let's go. Here's the last one. I'm sure it wasn't the last game released. Or of all the games released, there are more, but these are just the picks. Um, Overkill's The Walking Dead, which I played a little bit of. Have either of you had the pleasure? <laughs> no. Nope. Is it how much can we talk about this? We can talk a fair amount about this, um, but we don't need to. It's a a Walking Dead four player co op. Is it four players? Five players? It's a, a multiplayer co op zombie. FPS, um, and uh, it's a bit like Left 4 Dead, but uh, now instead of 2008 or whatever it was that <laughs> Left 4 Dead <laughs> came out, um, and Nick Rubin did our review, and he said that it is an ocean of dull green olives stuffed with tiny excitement pimientos. I like olives. I wouldn't call olives dull. Maybe he meant like the bad olives that you get in like a a really bargain can. Hmm. I'm not a fan of an olive. They're too kind of salty. No, I love a good olive, but a bad olive is very bad indeed. So I'm assuming these are bad olives. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've also played a little bit of this and it was not great. It's kind of like the zombies, you know, when the zombies in Left 4 Dead go down really easy and you just kind of hose them down and it feels really good. But then the big zombies are tough, and that's dangerous. Yep. The Walking Dead is like, or Overkill's The Walking Dead is like, the normal zombies are a little bit tough, and that's annoying. And it's just like, they really get in your way. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just kind of hard to do everything. Um, and there are also human bodies in it that uh, shoot at you as well, so that kind of throws you off um is this the one that's kind of semi-sunk starberries yes this is the other thing we can talk about is that uh, the studio um filed for administration or is filing for administration and they are now being investigated uh after alleged insider trading by uh at least one of its employees so this is all very sad because in my head, Starbury still means that brilliant at the time Chronicles of Riddick game, and I'm still like, yeah, one day they're going to do another thing like that, and you know they've done Payday, which is pretty good, but you know they've gone more in pursuit of whatever's hot right now instead of being so really ambitious, and and now all this, so it's like, no, oh. yeah, so that's no good. Uh, Alice O'Connor 
said in her news story about that, you don't need insider knowledge to spot that a four-player cooperative zombie zapping FPS is ten years too late to stir great excitement. Mm. Although The Walking <laughs> Dead just makes money from people shooting zombies in increasingly familiar names, so it could have worked out. I mean, yeah, but uh, it just seems like there wasn't, like, it wasn't a fresh idea, you know? Mm. Uh, so is it any good? No. Sweet. Well, we've done it. We've done all the games now. Do we do all the games? Yeah. Was Assassin's no Creed not? Was that October, not November? That must have been October. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. wasn't in. It's not in my list. It got a uh, a DLC. Oh yeah. Yesterday. Is the DLC? Have any of us played the DLC? Uh, not yet, Catherine. Uh, the hardware queen played it, and there's a video on the YouTube about it. Uh, it's uh, it's about the first hidden blade ever, apparently. And uh, it, so it's got one. It's kind of uh, apparently sort of more of a DLC for like people that are well into Assassin's Creed lore. I just love that. There's some really hanging on to know. But when when did they first get the knife that they tied to the wrist? How did that idea become thought up? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it's about like some old assassin who like his tomb was in Assassin's Creed Two or something. One of them sort of like, you know. But what what's the collective noun for a uh, group of Assassin's Creed fans? Desmonds. A a a Desmond of Assassin's Creed fans. Yeah. So it's something <laughs> that the, the the Desmonds have been, I, I guess, excited for. I don't know. The um, Desis. The Desis. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a DLC for the Desis more than um kind of a, a massive new chunk of stuff. But there are three chapters to it. The first one was out, yeah, I think yesterday or the day before. Alright, there's that. Um there's probably also been like some uh early access, things that have come out of early access in that time as well. But I can't remember what they are, so they don't kind of... Right, we have 10 minutes left, but I didn't ask the readers any questions because I thought we'd be talking forever and wouldn't finish this in time. I told you! (laughs) So, we can just talk about whatever we want for 10 minutes. Uh, Do you guys like cheese? Yeah, but just the hard stuff, really. See, I don't like cheese. How can you not like cheese? When you I say knew that, this what... was where it was going to go. I knew this was where it was going to go. What do you I'm mean when you say cheese. that, though? Explain cheese yourself. Cheese means a lot of things. Uh, let's talk about video games. No, <laughs> no, 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 You can't just say you don't like all cheese, surely. <laughs> I don't. I don't like cheese. Would you eat a pizza? Yeah. Then you, then like, you cheese. like cheese. Yeah, but mozzarella is a very mild cheese. Still cheese. <laughs> um, that is the only one, though. Dairy Lee? Would you have a Dairy Lee sandwich? No. Dairy Lee on a Rivita? No. Mini Baby Bells? No. Mm -hmm. Hey, Guy really doesn't like cheese. (laughs) (laughs) We've listed them all. He doesn't like them. (laughs) I had a a baked camembert last week. It was lovely. I've still got my bag of of grated cheddar in the fridge at work as well. (laughs) See, such a 
smelly one as well that you've picked. No, uh, it's just cheddar. No, camembert. Oh, camembert doesn't smell. It's not that bad. It does. It does. They all smell. It. They do. <laughs> I have to wash my face after eating a pizza because I don't like the smell of it on my <laughs> chops afterwards. <laughs> all right, how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about video games. Go on. What what else? What else is happening in your lives? You've been playing things. Surely you've been playing things. Uh, I've been playing Gris for review. Um, mm-hmm. it is essentially the same build that John played for preview. So I can talk about Gris up until the point that John could talk about it. Um, what's Gris? Gris is that one. It's a platformer. Uh, it's being um, published by Devolver, and uh, it's I saw a platform. It's it like uh, it's hand. It looks hand drawn. It looks like a sort of two D kind of illustration. Uh, Matt Castle did a video on it, uh, and he really really loved the demo that he played. John, in preview. I think found it too passive and there are long stretches where you're kind of not doing anything. And it is, I I would say that like from my experience and obviously only up until the point that John played it to, um, nothing that he says is wrong or untrue necessarily. But I think it, it, depending on the sort of mindset that you're in, it will bother you more or less that there are sections where you are just running um, because it's very very pretty and I, I I think a lot of the point of it is to just look at it sometimes um, but at the same time it's also some, some of it's quite obvious um, and it's not kind of maybe as clever as it thinks it is because gris means uh, grey and when you start it's all grey and then you unlock colours by sort of platforming around and the first one you unlock unlock is red and it's all very kind of turbulent and there are sandstorms and stuff and then you unlock green and it's kind of regrowth and stuff so it's a little bit because it's about like a, a woman who's suffered some kind of because there are three flavors of woman right there's feisty <laughs> there's overtly sexual and then there's suffered some kind of trauma so this is flavor three of woman uh, <laughs> and it's just a bit it's a bit on the nose quite a lot with that. Um, so but, should it be pronounced Gris? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I, they are European. Um, I think they might be Spanish. Oh, okay. Is Yeah, I should know this. Greece. You should. I thought Grey was something else. Maybe it's... It might be, I don't know. No, 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 I think you're right. I'm just being... A, Dumb person. Um, I'm actually going to translate this now because it's going to grow me wild. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> flavour of woman out of ten would you score it? Uh, uh, well, I'm not allowed yet. I can't. If I score it now, score. I could score the preview. <laughs> it's not a real rating system, Alice. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but they might get me. Um, the embargo isn't until next week. Uh, uh, flavour of woman. Um, I would say. No one knows uh, which flavour a woman means 10, which means 1, you can say. Yeah, anything. that's true. I would say a uh, mint chocolate chip woman. Mm. <laughs> that's 
quite controversial. Yeah. They'll definitely be suing you about that one. <laughs> Have you translated uh, it, Brendy? It, no, it is Greece. I, I don't know why I was thinking French. What's grey in French? It's probably... Gris, gris I believe. Yeah. Gris. It is. Okay, right. Uh, well, that's good. I've been playing Hitman 2. I've been murdering people in Mumbai by accident. What's your favourite murder? Um, pushing someone into the gutter and then breaking their neck because you pressed the wrong button <laughs> over their body. <laughs> Uh, instead of taking their costume, you snap their neck, and then you go, "Oops!" Yeah. Uh, but that's that's on me. That's on me, Agent Forty Seven. Not on, <laughs> not on the game, which I think is uh, very nicely crafted. Um, I love the environments. I especially like that in Hitman Two. They have uh, actually made the people who are wandering around talking speak with the accents of the place. Yeah, they are in <laughs> because in Hitman One, you'd walk up to like a. I was saying this to someone last night. You'd walk up to someone in a like a Bangkok hotel, and they just suddenly speak to you in like this haughty British accent. You'd be like, <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, There's a thing don't... in a lot of games that that random civilians always have to be sort of outraged in tone. That means they need to have a British accent because British <laughs> accents mean outrage. It's yeah, it's like the default, isn't it? Yeah, but mm. they've 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 changed it here. You know, there is a lot of like in Colombia, we've got a lot of like Latin American accents going on. I don't know how accurate a lot of them are, but they sound good enough to pass. As you, uh, you know, I'd I'd rather them do bad accents if they are bad accents didn't have someone speak like really out of place British English to me in Sapienza, Italy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, currently walking around Mumbai trying to figure out how to kill a movie director or producer. Oh, is that the guy in the high-rise tower? Yes. Oh, that's got that's got a good payoff. There is a very good way to kill him. Involving, <laughs> involving wings. Uh... My favourite bit on that level was you can pretend to be a a barber to try and get one particular guy to slit his throat while you're giving him a shave, like a beard shave. I just got really into it. I just stayed there for about two hours just shaving random people and <laughs> listening to their chatter. And, I do, I, yeah. I, I do like the kind of um, the placements they're giving you in this game. There's another one in the Miami level where you can pretend to be a a dude who sells these coconut balls from a stand hmm. and uh, he's just like a dodgy crack seller or something <laughs> but but your target who's the, this big powerful tech or engineering giant always eats at your stand so you can just dress up as this guy but you can offer people the the food as they come up like just normal NPCs will come up and Agent Forty Seven will be go will will say like, try some yeah it's <laughs> nice you get that in the in the suburbs level as well you can man a barbecue just like this massively built bald guy in like a red checkered apron offering people hot dogs with you know murder innuendo it's brilliant he blends in so well <laughs> I love his stupid name as well Tobias Reaper it's like his cover name for everything and then. 
there's a bit where you can dress up as a doctor to try and give your target a, a shot, like a injection. And um, that because she's into, I don't know what it is, like some fad of getting vitamin injections. And uh, you tell like the assistant, she's the assistant asks you, what was your name again? And he's like, Dr. Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so far out. I love it. I liked the um, the Miami one because it says specifically that like your target goes down to eat the terrible fast food like all the time, like every day. He loves it, and that's how you know he's going to come and get some. And yet, you look nothing like the guy who the guy has been doing the stuff. Yeah, who he's seen like every day. You look nothing like the- him. There's loads of stuff like that. You just have to kind of absolutely suspend your disbelief when yeah. it comes to Agent 47. You just have to think, like, Agent 47 is not some really conspicuous, bald, sculpted Dean. He is the face of every person. He's like, you look <laughs> at him and you just be, oh yeah, it's my brother. That's the Clark Kent <laughs> Superman thing, isn't it? They just there's, don't see it. There's one, um, there's one bit in a, a level in Japan in the previous game. Uh, in Hokkaido, where you dress up as a helicopter pilot who uh, a surgeon has like an addiction to pills and always comes out to the helicopter pilot who's called, I don't know what he's called, like Niles or Teals or something. Is it Niels? I think he's called Niels or something. He says, Niels, I need another shot to him every time. And you dress up as Niels and you, <laughs> you, you go up to him and he's like, Niels, I need more. And you go, yes, come with me. I'll show you the stash. <laughs> and he just doesn't blink. He's just like, oh yeah, this is Niels. This is definitely the guy who's served me drugs the past 16 times I've been out here. There's that one in the Paris level where you can disguise as this world-famous supermodel that's, you know, just seen on every TV screen around the world. Well, because he's bald, he's totally interchangeable with Agent 47. Uh, Hitman 2, is it any good? Yes. <laughs> it's great. Apart from the cutscene stuff, which I'm, I'm amazed they didn't uh, just change course completely on that from the previous one. But what can you yeah. do? It's odd how much they seem to think people are invested in the lore of Agent 47 and the... But also the, so much of it is, is static. It's like still scenes with a voiceover that made me think, ah, they'd already like pre-produced half of that stuff, so they've just, rather than putting resources into making something new, they've just slapped a voiceover on, on their production heart. And I um, mean... I can't really blame them for that that much because m- most people don't really care. Like, I don't care about the cinematic stuff that happens between the missions because it's mostly drivel. So, yeah. I mean, why why invest in that if most people aren't going to care, you know? I just look forward to it finally doing, like, whichever Assassin's Creed it was where it finally ditched all the modern day stuff. And it's like, you're just in history, have fun. And it can be. This is just Agent Forty Seven doing his day job. This is where he's going today. You don't need any more than that. And I think it's going to feel so much slicker for it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm done. Okay, we're actually done now talking about our November games. We talked about <laughs> all the games in November. You'd better be happy, listener. All right. I'm sorry you didn't get to talk to us this week, but we had a lot to tell you. If you want to submit a theme or a topic that we can talk about in future, you can do that. Email podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. If you want to check us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, we are at rockpapershot. Alec is on Twitter himself. If you want to add Alec, what are you? Uh, Bonds Rat, B-O-N-Z-R-A-T. 
I'm at Brendy underscore C. Alice Bell isn't on Twitter because she's intelligent and Twitter <laughs> is hell. But thank you for listening and thank you, Alec and Alice. Thank you, Master of yeah, Thank you. Okay, cool. Bye then. Bye. crack.